Welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week, we're talking about... Xenomorphs. To celebrate the new... Isn't it Aliens movie? Yeah, it's Alien Covenant. Okay, yeah. I, I couldn't remember for a second. Uh, we are once again uh, holding off on doing DC 1 million. Because we have another crossover, though, I mean, we've got Memorial Day weekend coming up, so that's probably going to give us enough time to get all of those notes taken and get some recordings done. Yep, yep, yep. So that just means we need to come up with something for next week, but we'll figure that out later. Uh, so this week we are covering Batman slash Aliens Part 1 and 2, along with Superman and Batman vs. Aliens and Predator. And then Wildcats Aliens, which there there's definitely a wide range of quality in these stories. Oh, very much so. So Batman Aliens Part 1 was written by Ron Mars with art by Bernie Wrightson, colors by Matt Hollingsworth and Sean Kennett on letters. And we start off with Batman landing near the Mexican-Guatemalan border where he meets a woman who... I just put down Ripley question mark when it got to it because it's very much that Ripley long-haired brunette. Oh, very much. And Batman fights a crocodile. After tying it up, a guy named Seely shows up and threatens Batman with a gun. Batman takes the gun from Seely and threatens him with it. And it turns out that Seely and the Ripley knockoff are government agents on a mission and they try and threaten Batman to leave, and he doesn't really give a shit. Hyatt, which is the Ripley-ass character, gets him to at least not fight them, revealing that they already lost their gear, and they all need to work together for this. And Seely is fine to brings up, you know, Batman was like, oh, I only work alone. And so Hyatt's like, yeah, no, we're, we're going to the same target, probably, and they'll just work together for their own causes. We'll just ignore each other and walk in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And she introduces him to the rest of the team, including Paige, who has sunglasses, Gantry, who looks like Guy Gardner, except he's a Christian, and Vanderpool, who has a helmet, and then there's also Captain Seely, who's the buff, macho, strong man. Yeah, basically. It's your typical, uh, like, military outfit for, like, these type of movies. Yeah, I wish that Paige and uh, Vanderpool had a bit more development to them, or at least a bit more of a, like, defining feature. Like, Gantry hits on the whole, oh, I'm Christian thing way too heavily. Yes, he does. Vanderpool has something. He lives longer than everyone else. And he has that helmet that he loves. It's true. So the uh, heat starts getting to them as it shifts into the evening, and Seely tries to make Batman lead the expedition. But Batman doesn't like taking orders, and they start fighting, which ends up leading them to a crashed spaceship next to a Mesoamerican ruin. The ship is what Seely's team was looking for, but not what Batman was looking for. And the military group and Batman descend into the alien ship, and they find signs that there were attacks on the inside. They hear Van fire and scream, and find him looking at a humanoid figure that is attached to the wall with gooey stuff with a open xenomorph egg next to it. Do you think we need to explain xenomorphs, Devin? No. Okay. Like, honestly, no, I don't think we do. Yeah, like, it was one of those things where even before I watched the movies, I knew how they worked. 
Yeah. No, and like they're very much just like cultural osmosis. Yeah, exactly. So Van admits that he shot the guy in the head, but Batman found the uh, Ched. But Batman found a chestburster that already escaped from the corpse, and Batman packs it away as the rest of the team argues, and eventually they decided. Come to on, Luke. The the That's not a chestburster. God damn what? it. That's a face hugger, Luke. It's been a long day. Uh, after some time, they take a break and set up a camp, and they admit that they found five more of the aliens, too, which had their hearts exploded. Their ch- Why did I say hearts exploded? Had their chests exploded. And Hyatt tries to talk to Batman to find out why he doesn't have a gun, and he's like, I don't need to have a gun. Why do you have a gun? And Hyatt's like, Feminisms. Because she wants power, and she'll do whatever it takes to get that power. Mm-hmm. During the talk, Paige walked into the woods, and suddenly they heard him scream, and they took off after him, fighting a, finding a trail of blood that led into the temple. Batman volunteered to go alone, but but Seely refused to let him do that, since he wanted guns to go along in the mission. But when Seely loudly went in, he got attacked by bats, who swarmed around him. They all ended up going in together, and they found Batman's target, who was a geologist named Abel Barrett, who worked for the Wayne Foundation, who vanished, and who also got chest-bursted. And as Seeley gets angry, Hyatt uh, ended up swiping a tape recorder that she found, and they descended in deeper. They found Paige, who was still alive but gooped up, rambling about the xenomorphs, and Batman found out that the egg that was... Next to him, already hatched. Batman wanted to try and help Paige, but Seely just shot him in the head, which I agree with Seely. Oh no, Seely was completely in the right. Most definitely. And Batman got angry and tried to fight, but then the Xenomorph showed up and grabbed at Seely, who learned about the magic of acid blood, and another one went off. And another one went after Hyatt, and Batman tried to stop it. Gantry ended up getting the death kiss where the tiny mouth went through his head, and Vanderpool got acid on his arm. As the xenomorphs encircled Seely, he blew up a grenade trying to kill them all and collapsing the temple, sealing them from the survivors, but also sealing the survivors from the only exit they knew about. And that night, the crocodile that Batman fought earlier stumbled onto a xenomorph egg in the jungle. The mighty jungle. Where the xenomorph sleeps tonight. But here's the real question, Luke. Do you think that Zack Snyder's been mm-hmm. reading this comment, or this comic rather, and is thinking acid on Seely's face? Kind of makes him like Two Face. That'll make the new Justice League and Batman movies super edgy. We're going all in. I don't think Zack Snyder can read. There's pictures. That's why he likes comic book movies. I thought. There was just like, no, it was, uh, who's the guy who directed Pain and Gain in Transformers? Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Yeah, it's Michael Bay who has the pictures of him that uh, AV Club uses where it's him looking at the big book of butts. Yes. <laughs> that said, I'm also excited for the new Transformers. I haven't seen any of them since the third one. Fourth one was way better. Hmm. It has T.J. Miller in it. I don't want to get to the point, though, where T.J. Miller is in himself a reason enough to watch movies. That's fair. So we started off the second issue with the reveal that Batman in this universe apparently saw it came from outer space instead of Zorro, except that it was a dream and 
In the dream, Lil Bruce lost his parents to chestbursters and facehuggers. And then he woke up from his nightmare. What if that was how it actually happened? Uh, it would just be Batman who hates aliens. There is this really weird Batman story I've tried to track down where it's Batman fighting, like, cow abduction aliens. And I think it's supposed to be, like, this really mature story and stuff. But it's like, Batman, you're friends with Superman, who's an alien. You're friends with Martian Manhunter. This should not be something that's hard for you to deal with. Maybe secretly he hates and resents them. Don't don't be modern DC Comics, Devin. Don't put that on Batman. Batman has to be and incorporate all things, Luke. Even modern Batman. But Batman Incorporated is over, Devin. That's true. How could I forget about Batman Inc.? Anyways, they still need to escape, and Batman explains that he figured out how xenomorphs work as the crocodile succumbs to the facehugger. And Batman then notices that bats are still inside and are flying around, and he realizes that they can just follow them to the exit. And they find ruins with hieroglyphics that mention something about a secret grotto. Vanderpool accidentally stumbles onto some xenomorph sauce, and they realize that the xenomorphs are in there with them. And one appears, so Batman hits with a flaming torch and starts wrestling it. Comics. Comics is right. Vanderpool tries to shoot it, but the other one appears and grabs Hyatt. Van goes to run, and Batman frees himself and Hyatt, and feeds one of them a grenade, killing it, before collapsing the stones that were in their path to stop the other one. They all meet up again, and Batman knows that they are close to the holy site that was mentioned on the hieroglyphics, which is sort of like a waterfall inside of a cave, and there's also an altar there for whatever reason. And Batman starts to climb up to secure a way for them to leave and Vanderpool starts talking about how they're going to get so many awards for finding out about these xenomorphs. When Hyatt notices a xenomorph behind Van, she lets it take him and tells Batman that he got killed by the xenomorph and she just wants to leave here even though she pretended to shoot a gun at it. And as they prepare to get out of that cave, she tries to knock out Batman to let him die and reveals the uh, tape recorder that she took, and she's like, oh, if I deliver these xenomorphs, I'll get super promoted. And then I the secretly work pop- for the Whalen Corporation. Or at least the Utani Corp. Yeah, someone always has to be a Whalen Corp person who wants to be like, Sis- I'm going to be a dick. Sisters doing it for themselves and mm-hmm. also promotions. And then the Xenodial shows up. Batman tries to save her from it, but she gets killed with the tongue mouth. And Batman runs up to the altar and stabs the Xenodial on it with the blood burning through the platform, revealing lava underneath because sure. And Batman makes it bleed enough that the ground collapses around it, letting it fall into the lava and die. And as he tries to leave the cave, the other Xenomorph returns. Batman attacks with bats, ties it up, and then it also falls into the lava and he returns home. Thank God for that lava. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of convenient lava in this uh, couple story arcs. Lava X Machina. Yep. And Batman uh, reflects on his choice to destroy them because man can't be trusted with xenomorphs. And he takes the face hugger that he found and tosses it into the dark, which seems really, really stupid. Yeah. Which I mean, it's dead. I mean, it's dead. Sure, but. 
his literal thing was, oh, I don't want other people to ever find this. I should just toss it into the bottom of this cave where I don't know what's going to happen to it. And next week, by the time I get bludgeoned and concussion enough, I will forget that it's there. Hey, Batman, it's me, Dick Grayson. What's this down here? Ah, my face. It's being hugged. Oh, man, look at this cool Halloween mask. This brings us to Batman slash Aliens 2 by Ian Edgington with Staz Johnson on pencils, James Hodkins on inks, Gregory Wright on colors, and John Workman on the letters. In 1928 in Antarctica, the lead of an expedition was trying to get away from his cohort, who was an old professor, to leave him. But the professor... Yeah. I was trying to come up with a song, but it did not work out. No, it did not. Yep. So, Studman, who we don't get a name for for a while, finds a xenomorph, shoots it and leaves a bomb to try and kill the others, but then he's attacked by another four xenomorphs. And they are all consumed in the fiery blast. We don't know what happens to the professor. Probably not important. Back in present day Gotham, a construction crew found a strange basement where the the Cristo company is digging. And they found a massive fortress underneath with a door. Instead of getting the authorities or doing due diligence, D. Cristo orders that they open the doors. And they found some old technology and a xenomorph killed them. Batman finds out about this and we learn that DeCristo is connected to Roland Desmond, who is Blockbuster, but that really isn't important at all. It was just like, oh, Blockbuster is trying to have a point, is trying to get a foothold in Gotham City for crimes. But that never really comes up at all. Nope. Never again. So, yeah. So Batman meets Commissioner Gordon at the crime scene, and Batman recognizes his xenomorph markings and finds an old journal. And at first he's like, oh, I'm not going to warn Commissioner Gordon about this until I've had my flashback and I get to read this journal. And we find out that the old scientist wanted to prove Charles Darwin wrong about evolution. And he was like, oh, you know what the best way to do that is? Probably the very first great humans or whatever were in a secret landmass underneath Antarctica. And so he used a bunch of his money to go there with students. And they found xenomorphs and you knew what... You know what happens there. And it mm-hmm. was finally down to the professor and Gregory Hudson, who was the hunk from the beginning. And the professor ended up escaping with some eggs because he wanted them to evolve. Hudson failed to stop him. And the professor got back to Gotham and did his evil, stupid science. Batman realizes that he has screwed up by not telling Gordon. And then he tells Gordon, who's like, okay, I'm angry that you didn't tell me before. But... I guess you needed to have another scene with me for whatever reason to take up some plot. As winter is coming on, Batman notices that the homeless people are staying out of the subway, which, even though it smells like bread, I don't see why people would want to go and sleep in a subway, especially because those minimum wage workers aren't going to be nice about homeless people staying in there. They'd crush all the sun chips, Devin. Bet they would. Also, it's really weird because there's a newspaper about Superman being dead, except that this came out in 2003, so it doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, I was confused about that too. Like, did Superman presumably die in Superman vs. Aliens? No, because he he regurgitates the alien. The alien's inside of him. He makes it to the yellow sun and is able basically to kill it inside of him. And he throws it up. 
Okay, yeah, so there's... I have no idea why they have that in there. Except maybe they need a reason why Batman wouldn't just come in and resolve everything, which is a stupid reason to have Superman dead. Yep. Or So Superman wouldn't come in and resolve everything. So Batman's able to track the Xenomorphs down and finds dozens of people who have been captured and almost gets killed. The acid from the Xenomorph ignites thermite in his belt. He throws it away and barely escapes and takes the captured victims with him, but the Xenomorph survived. The victims go to the hospital and they are able to extract out the uh, chest bursters before they burst out of chests. And Batman wants to kill all of the chest bursters, but Dr. Catherine Fortune and Dr. Alden of FEMA shows up. Except that it's the Federal Emergency Medical Authority instead of the Federal Emergency Management Agency. And I have no idea why they got that wrong. Hey Luke, do you know why? Because this takes place in Gotham City, not New York. But this is an organization that has an offshore drilling platform and military connections. Yeah. Unfortunately, Hurricane Katrina got in the way because everyone knows that's what was going to happen. George Bush doesn't care about xenomorph-infected people. Well, exactly. I mean, they would have, like, stopped the hurricane. That's why they were so slow on the uptake, because they were too busy getting their stuff together. Actually, that'd be kind of a great and horrible setting for an alien or predator movie, like, during a hurricane. That would be. Anyways, Fortune is obviously evil because she's... Predator would fuck us up good. Yeah, but then he'll loot... TV? I have no idea. I have no idea. Anyways, Fortune is obviously evil because she's angry that they extracted the Xenomorphs, and she threatens to shut down the city because of this. And then the big Xenomorph that survived Kool-Aid Man's in. Batman fights it, but it escapes with the baby chestbursters. The FEMA agents tase it and think that it's safe, but then it kills Dr. Alden. Batman tackles it off of the roof before it can kill Dr. Fortune, and ends up deciding to not just let the bodies hit the floor, let the bodies hit the floor, let the bodies hit the floor. Which I think if it fell from 50 stories up, it would die. Oh no, it would have. It was Batman didn't want the acid blood then getting on the people below. Because it was a busy street. <sighs> I accepted Batman, that answer. You could have saved so many lives. No, it's true. I guess. At most, like, one or two people would have died if Batman just let the body hit the floor. Let the body hit the floor? Yeah. Let the body hit the floor. Uh, Anyways, one of the babies acids the rope, and it's able to swing on and catch a handle. The police shoot at it, and then Batman gasses it with radioactive gas. But he's too tired and beaten up to continue. He regrets not tracking down the Xenomorph the previous night and stays up tracking it instead with the radium that he sprayed on it. Oracle calls and explains that Dr. Fortune is fake and has ties to Black Ops stuff. And same thing with Alden, who had ties to bioweapons. And Batman's like, that explains everything. And he asks that she doesn't tell the Robins about this, which is a shitty thing to do. And that night he has another dream of Xenomorphs killing his new family, like the Bat family. And when he wakes up, he finds out that the Xenomorphs are headed for Arkham Asylum. Which, this is where the book could have gone in a really good direction, and instead it goes in a really stupid direction. Yeah, this is like where it really kind of lost me. So we start off with Two-Face killing one with a shotgun, and Batman shows up with his stolen Mega Man-style Mr. Freeze armor and ice gun. 
and Two-Face explains how the Xenomorph shut down security and killed the guards, and Batman's able to survive an attack with some of the new Xenomorphs because, they have str because it has a stronger armor. And he freezes it before Two-Face, who flipped a coin, shoots it, killing it, and then Batman freezes Two-Face so he can't move or shoot other things because he doesn't trust him with guns. And Batman gets to the infirmary where he sees Fortune with another Xenomorph. He kills it, and Fortune, in response, knocks him out and breaks the freeze ray with her bare hands. Batman wakes up in a drilling rig and finds corpses of amazing, like, super good soldiers from across the world who have all been similarly killed by Xenomorphs. And elsewhere, he is being watched by Fortune. And we find out that Fortune has bred a group of supervillain Xenomorph hybrid soldiers out of Two-Face, Joker, Poison Ivy, Scarecrow, and Mr. Freeze. Which I mean, is that is basically, really well, is basically stupid, the plot line of number stupid four. Stupid idea. No, it happens in in um, Alien Resurrection. There's a lot of cloning and weird splicing like that. I... Okay, I haven't seen any beyond 1, 2, and Prometheus. That's fair. The man who directed Amelie directed the fourth one. And David Fincher did number three. Didn't he also do City of Lost Children? Yeah, he did. Didn't Jorth Whedon also have something to do with one of them? Yeah, Josh Whedon wrote one of them, and yeah, the guy who did Amelie in City of Lost Children directed the fourth one, and David Fincher did the third one. Fun fact for you kids at home. So Batman is able to kill... So Batman is able to fight killing the Two-Face and Joker ones. Batman tries to set up a bomb that will blow up the oil rig that they're on. The Poison Ivy one shows up to stop him, and... She has that really bad sexual dimorphism problem where the others are all like Xenomorphs and then she's sex. She's pretty much Kerrigan from Star Trek from Starcraft. Sure. Did you ever play Starcraft? Nope. It's pretty much sexy lady with weird arms coming from the back of her body. Oh, okay. Yeah. Poison Ivy shows up to stop him. He's able to take her down and then he points out that this is easy because they aren't really hunters because they have human emotions and human emotions are the worst and he sets off the explosion which he barely escapes the oil rig starts to break down and batman reaches a research lab where they're trying to make more of these hybrids and fortune shows up with some shit about how this is humans who are trying to protect themselves from superheroes and fortune points out that the people she chose are genetically disposed survivors and they wouldn't have the insanity because that happens from their lives not from their genetics and she also reveals that she was part of that Antarctica trip and that the Xenomorph that infected her didn't hatch and it made her stronger and she's been alive for like 80 years growing even stronger and she used her own DNA to make these clones and she's also host to a queen and just wants to kill Batman which is just dumb no it was dumb because yeah. like what's to stop that egg from hatching at the any moment you're saying it didn't happen when it was supposed to but like Think of it like yeah. a brain aneurysm. It could literally happen at any time. So the soldiers shoot at Batman, which ends up releasing a Xenomorph killer croc because we needed another Xenodial. But because he's less human and just has primal nature, he kills Fortune. The soldiers are powerless to stop it, and Batman barely escapes into the water before attack helicopters show up and destroy the base. It ain't good. No. It was disappointing. Because I actually really liked the first one. Yeah, the first one was, like, solid. And then it was the what it needed one... to be. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, after that is Superman and Batman vs. Aliens and Predator by Mark Schultz with art by Ariel Olivetti and letters by Todd Klein. And in the Andy Mountains, some researchers find a hidden volcano before all of them are beheaded by something going really fast. This is just not a good story. The writing is bad. The, the art was weird. Are... Yeah, it's like a painted style which works really well some places, and in other places it just falls apart. Uh, yeah, yeah well, so... I was not the biggest fan of this book. Also, Superman's really dumb. Yeah, yeah, he is. Like, Superman and Lois are both really dumb in this. It's like, no, shut the fuck up. Listen to Batman. Batman knows what's what. Mm-hmm. It's like your alien stories didn't even happen, Superman. Yeah. In Gotham, there's some organized stuff going on with, like, crime trying to mess with unions and Batman's listening in, but then he finds Predators, who he had fought before in this universe. In Metropolis, Superman finds something about stuff getting too hot under steelworks and he finds more predators perry white sends clark to find out what's happening in peru with the volcano lois wants to go along and forces her way on by using her own vacation days and she proceeds to be horribly dumb in this and it's just awful as they are climbing up lois is like oh i didn't know that it would be this cold or Dad, I thought we'd go to the Poconos. It's like, Lois! Fuck you, Lois. You're a damn adult woman. And uh, Clark here is... Superman's like, I want a divorce. Yeah. Uh, Clark here is military action and sends Lois back with their guides and changes into Superman and finds some dead soldiers along with Batman in his volcano action suit. And as Lois heads back down, her guides get killed. Batman and Superman quickly compare notes about Predators and the soldiers they found are from the TDI, or Terrestrial Defense Initiative, or TIDI, whose mission is to kill all Predators and bad aliens. Did you laugh at TIDI? I did. Thank you. Uh, as they head into the volcano, the Predator shoots uh, at them, knocking Batman down, and then Batman is surrounded by Xenomorphs. Superman also gets surrounded by Xenomorphs, but the Predators attack the ones around Batman, uh, killing them, and then they surround Batman and send him to Predator Jail. They force him to fight a big old Predator, which he easily knocks out. And meanwhile, Superman fights the Xenomorph, but the volcano starts to shift and explode, and he hears Lois scream. He sees the Predators have captured her, and he takes her away, but then she figures out that they want Superman to come with them, and they run into Batman, who explains that, oh, they think Superman's a god, and they didn't mean to almost kill his woman. This is just awful comics. Yep. Same time, the, his life might be better if she was just killed. At least this version of yeah. Superman. Or at least this version of Lois. Well, true. The Predators have a culture from like thousands of years ago because they got left behind on this planet. And they've been living underground and hunting xenomorphs and just have really old predator culture but because the volcano shifting now they need to find a new home batman wants to just seal him in which he says he was joking i don't think he was they oh i don't think he was joking it. at all yeah and superman wants to uh help them but he doesn't think that they belong on earth and wants to send them home and titty just keeps watching the goings-on i 
Superman, you are an alien staying on this damn planet. They have been here longer than you. They have been longer lived on this planet than humans have, you asshole. You super asshole. Mm-hmm. It's going to build that wall and make the Predators pay for it. Ha <laughs> uh, So Superman brings the Fortress of Solitude for them to use as a ship. Like, this is a really weird Tesseract version instead of the normal, like, Crystal Castle. But uh, Titty isn't happy about that, so they shoot some missiles. And they really don't know what's going on. They just want to kill the Predators and probably also Superman. And it turns out in the 15 minutes that it took Superman to go to Antarctica from Peru and back, the Predators have started fighting. And so Superman just sucks them up into his uh, Fortress of Solitude where they start attacking his robots because they've just gone total assholes. Superman also wants to get the Xenomorphs inside and Batman's like, no, that's a stupid fucking idea. But then Superman's like, oh, well, guess what? You and Lois are going inside. And that's when they find out that the gravity is off in the building. Superman, meanwhile, goes to get the Xenomorph eggs. The Xenomorphs try and, like, a chestburster, or no, a face hugger immediately tries to kill him. He's like, aw, you little scamp, and puts him into storage. And then he goes into the Fortress of Solitude, and the, pred and the Predators also try and kill him, unaware that a Xenomorph Queen came in after him. Batman is still fighting Predators. Superman has a robot of him reach out to Titty and try and stop them from attacking and the from attacking him in the Fortress of Solitude. And they're like, mm, you have an hour before we nuke it. And also, if you try to escape, we're also going to nuke you. And Superman's like, oh, well, this is a robot me, so I can't really do much. The Xenomorph Queen finds Lois and Batman and knocks them out. Superman finds Lois and wakes her up. And takes her around the fortress, which has infinite rooms, pretty much. And Batman got captured in some undeveloped room, and he's been bounded up. He tries to fight the Xenomorph Queen and tries to inject her with a needle that has stuff in it. It attacks, Superman saves Batman, and then Batman has Superman inject it with the needle in its mouth, which knocks it out. Titty prepares the nuclear launch as the Predators keep up their stupid attack. Superman launches the knockout gas on them, and then they fly out of the volcano and into space, avoiding the missiles, and Batman, like, temporarily pilots the ship, so it heads back to Arcturus, and then Titty nukes the mountain. And then Superman's robot remarks that, oh, if the aliens had been here when it was destroyed, it would have sent a distress signal that would have brought more predators, and it's like, no, that's stupid! Because if the Predators got stuck here 40,000 years ago, they should have been able to use that goddamn emergency signal to get oh, out. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it was just like, um, no. <sighs> yeah. Also, where are Predators eating? A, predators gotta eat. I just started thinking about, like, the uh, lizard people from All-Star Superman, and it's like, oh, they have their own super culture. They probably grow mushrooms or whatever. Oh, probably. But for me, it was also, too, like, the fact that, yeah, everything goes to shit in 15 minutes. It's just, like, what happened to, like, your nice culture of, like, dressing Lois up in, like, your own ceremonial garbs to now, oh, now we're just going, like, ape shit for no reason. Yeah. 
And, like, there was that brief moment where, like, the Predator spoke English, and then it never did that again. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, the last one we are covering is Wildcats Aliens, which was written by Warren Ellis, with pencils by one of my favorite illustrators, Chris Sprouse, with inks by Kevin Nolan, colors by Laura Dupay, and letters by Bill Oakley. And it is an important note here, I went to the Wikipedia just to find out some more about this. When the idea for the crossover was explained to him, Warren Ellis wasn't enthusiastic. He kept telling him that they thought, they kept... He kept telling them that he thought the idea was bloody stupid, but was one round when he was told that he could kill any character he wanted. It was his free hand that allowed him to clear the decks and launch a new superhero team with his own characters. Except for Swift, which became the Authority. Which, Authority's really some good comics. Uh, Scott Dunbeer, the editor in charge at the time, explained the thinking behind this. One of my goals was that this should be a book with lasting effects, unlike the usual cross-company epics that come and go and mean nothing. Since Warren Ellis was wrapping up his run on Stormwatch before, delving, before diving into the Authority, I thought it would be an interesting idea to kill off a large portion of the remaining Stormwatch characters, the ones that wouldn't be moving on to the new book. So, for reference, Stormwatch were people who... We're a superhero team with a bunch of scientists living in a satellite. I have not read a lot of it, but it's I have one crossover really of Wildcats and X-Men, and that's all I know of them. Well, and then, yeah, there's also the Wildcats. Do you know what Wildcats stands for? Nope. It is the Wild Covert Action Teams. Interesting. I've not read too much. I read the uh, Alan Moore run, which is really good. And it's like a very good starting point. And then I tried to get into the Wild Storm, but I. It was a bit too out there for me. Anyways, a massive Stormwatch uh, escape pod rips through downtown Manhattan, but nobody in, like, the government is sure about who's supposed to be in charge of this. And up on top of the building, uh, Grifter and Void are watching. Grifter is Cool Cash, who has some genetic X-Men type stuff. So he's got superpowers, but with drawbacks. But the important thing is that he's good with guns. And Void is a computer lady who can teleport and do stuff. And they watch a member of the Stormwatch team named Flint get brought in. She was the only survivor of the ship. Uh that was able to get off with a message from the weatherman who is the leader of Stormwatch and basically some kind of alien ended up on the ship and infected everyone else and Flint thinks this may have been a Daemonite. And Griffin and Void snuck in and heard this. What you need to know is that there were two groups. There were the Cherubim and the Daemonites. You can tell which one is good and which one is evil because one sounds like Cherubim and the other sounds like demons. And there's a massive war across the... Yeah. And there's a massive war across the stars, and people from both sides got stuck on Earth and have been here for thousands of years. The Alan Moore run is very good, but we aren't here to talk about that Alan Moore run. Well, and Alan Moore's great with everything, pretty much. Not with avoiding rape as a That's plot true. device. Yeah. 
So Griffith calls up Zealot, who's pretty much uh, murder Wonder Woman and their boss Marlowe. And Griffith is angry that there are 500 people stuck up on the satellite with no escape. And they can only get on using Void. So they're going to need the rest of the team. There's Reno, also known as Warblade, who can turn parts of himself into organic steel weapons. There's Jeremy Stone, a.k.a. Maul, who can change his size and durability, and he's also a genius. And there's Spartan, who is a cyborg or android with strength, lasers, flight, and visibility, and more powers. They teleport onto the base and start looking around and find a note from Jackson King, who is the weatherman of Stormwatch at the time, who explains that they found the asteroid that they... who explains that they had found an asteroid with a habitat inside, so they sent a crew to look at it. And it came back after alien stuff happened, because it was xenomorphs and not daemonites. People made bad choices, and now almost everybody on the crew are stuck in one area. So they teleport in and find a bunch of xenomorphs and start fucking them up quickly, learning what not to do. Like, Maul rips one of them in half and really burns his hands. Which has got a sting. Oh, for sure. And they try and go to teleport off the ship, but Void got hurt in the attack, so she can't teleport. So they go to the first teleporter, but it's been destroyed. And they find uh, two dead named members of Stormwatch, because if you recall, this is Warren Ellis getting to kill off a bunch of characters he didn't like. Another Xenomorph attacks and descends, but Warblade kills it. They start tracking Fahrenheit, who has fire powers, but she had a Xenomorph that grew inside of her, so it can breathe fire. And they quickly realize how bad things can get, because there were a bunch of super-powered people on here. And if the Xenomorphs are picking up on their powers, they're going to have a bigger problem. And they realize that they need to make sure the Xenomorphs don't get off of the ship and split into two parties. The first is Maul, Spartan, Warblade, and Void, who find the rest of the Stormwatch who are survivors. And luckily, Spartan is able to scan for infected people. Meanwhile, Grifter and Zealot are fighting, but Zealot's sword is constantly getting burnt and destroyed with acid. And they are able to find the Queen. More Xenomorphs attack, and Spartan gets stabbed through the middle. And, uh... Yeah. The team breaks up even more, and they decide to send two characters, Winter and Christine, who I'm not really familiar with, who prepare the self-destruct option, and they also get the teleporter working. Grifter and Zelic get teleported out with the rest of the survivor... Or... Yeah, Grifter and Zelic get teleported out of the Queen's Chamber with the rest of the survivors who were going around room to room teleporting. And Grifter volunteers to set off the self-destruct with Void so she can send the rest of them home. Before the rest of the group gets sent home, Christine says no about something and he don't know what it is. Grifter sets off the bomb, but it doesn't go off, and they teleport out. And we find out that Winter stayed up there to steer the ship into the sun because the bombs wouldn't go off. And that is the end of that. So we have uh, two universes that we're going to be putting onto this. We have the Batman Aliens and then the Batman Superman Aliens because the Wildcats universe story is in canon and I guess eventually we'll need to cover Wildcats. And I guess the yeah. Wildstorm universe. So... Where do you? How do you feel about Batman Aliens? Depends how you want to judge it. I like the first three fourths of it. 
I liked all of the first one, and then I didn't like the second half of two. Well, uh, a similarly comparable thing is Bendis' House of M. How do you feel about it compared to that? I like House of M more. Well, no, I like this more. Uh, I don't like it as much as the Amalgam universe. Yeah, me neither. So, our new number 100 is Earth question mark. Batman v. Aliens. And then after that we have Batman, Superman, Alien, Predator, or Sab Vap. Sab V Vap. Uh, this one was much worse. Oh, much worse. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to... Uh... trying to find a reasonably bad one how do you feel about it compared to batman holy terror it's better than that uh living recorder records for a living it's better than that um what if the watcher grew hair i like that a lot better it's a much more i like that more too uh how do you feel about it compared to hank pym as ultron i like hank pym better uh, Black Bolt hosted a television talk show. Uh, this is better than Black Bolt. Okay, so our new number 353 is Earth, question mark, Sab, the app. And, uh, yeah, we have, uh, questions this week. Are you ready, Devin? Let's do it. If people want to send in questions to us, they can uh, do so at MultiversalQ on the Twitter or via email, which is MultiversalQ at gmail.com. Xavier Files sent in two questions for us. The first one was, if you could be impregnated by one alien race, what would it be? Uh, What would you go with, Devin? I don't know. What would you be? I'm looking up the... What do you mean by impregnated? uh, I'm not entirely sure. I was looking up the uh, one from that episode of uh, Enterprise where Trip gets impregnated. And it's like an arm baby. Oh, maybe like Kiff Croker then. Yeah, I want to be impregnated by Kiff Croker. Or I guess I'd impregnate him when he wasn't wearing a glove. And uh, then he also asked us, are Xenomorphs the Tommy Westfall of comic books? And no, it's it's the X-Men. What's Tommy Westfall? Uh, Tommy Westfall, uh, you know how there was the one hospital show where it turned out all to be in the autistic kid's mind in the snow Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Elsewhere. Yeah. So the Tommy Westfall universe is the idea that uh, every show that crossed over with it uh, was uh, connected. And uh, Dwayne McDuffie actually uh, had a lot of the ideas about this. But there were uh, crossovers with St. Elsewhere, which crossed over with Homicide Life on the Street. And there were also other connections that expanded out to The X Files and Law and Order. Nice. Mm hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'd go with X-Men. That's a fair one to say. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Because, I mean, they were crossing over with everybody. Well, actually, no, I'd say Wildcats, weirdly enough. Because there were a lot of Wildcats crossovers. Yeah, they even have a Gen 13 crossover. They had a Spawn crossover. Oh, yeah. Written by Alan Moore. Yeah, so it, it's a uh, weird thing, and then... Oh, I forgot that Spawn appeared in versions of Soul Calibur 2, which means that he also crosses over with Zelda. So yeah, Wildcats. Because here's which the thing that I enjoy. Weird. I do yeah. miss... Um, I will say it's the one thing that I wish Marvel did more with the DC does, is their weird like cro- intercompany crossovers just kind of for fun. Oh yeah, like at like, some point we should do the Lumberjanes slash Gotham Academy, and even just like the Planet definitely. of the Apes or the Greg Lantern, uh, Star Trek or Planet of the Apes ones. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely up for doing that. So, uh yeah, I think that's a pretty good uh, coverage of it. Um. Multiverse of Q is a weekly podcast. What are we going to do next week? Because we need one more bye week to uh, catch up. Line. Uh, let's see what I got on the old comicsology. Because I did go and make the stupid purchase of all of the current Injustice books. Oh yeah, I saw so that when I was on firing set. up the... Uh thing the old candy factory hmm browsing that library looking for things we can talk about what would not be horrible to discuss and what is also not super long that's the key right there Well, I've got uh, Elseworlds Batman. I don't know, are there any holidays next week? There's Memorial Day. Uh, We can figure out something from the big old... Oh, we could do the uh, Batman Greg Lantern, where he gets combined. There's There's a Batman Greg Lantern? Yeah. It's, uh... I want to say, like, In Darkest Night or whatever. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's uh, Batman In Darkest Night. So next week we'll do that just as a short thing so we can be 100% ready. It will be for celebrating... Um, what is next Saturday's date going to be? The 27th. It will be for celebrating... There's a lot of deaths, but not a lot of... Um, yeah, there's no American holidays. It'll be for celebrating... Memorial Day is Mother's next Day. But not like... Wow. 
nothing that super strikes me as inspirational. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing that we can get something around, so. Anyways, uh, yeah, so next week, uh, Batman in Darkest Night, and then finally DC 1 million. Is there uh, one where Captain America dies? We can that? do that. There's a lot of them where Captain America dies, Devin. That's yeah. like 90% of what he does. You're right. Let's do Secret Empire. Secret Empire is another world. We'll do it. We have to, Luke. Eventually. But we have good things that we could cover first. But Rick Jones got like killed by a firing squad. I thought that would like make you happy, Luke. No, because we have to talk about Rick Jones. That's fair. But then you get to use the weird firing squad at the end. Rick Jones made love to an entire firing squad. <laughs> oh, okay, I've got it, I've got it. We can do What If General Ross Become the Hulk to celebrate the day. Memorial Day. There we go. How about that? Wait, let's okay. see if I can find that one. It, I just—I don't know if there's is, one that I want to know if it's in canon with General Ross. Which one? It's the assistants take over. I don't know if it's in continuity or not. I need to look this up. Incredible Hulk two ninety one. I bought it during one of our excursions for a free comic book day, mostly because of that cover. Uh, yeah, that's that's six one six. <laughs> I wasn't sure, only because it's during the whole uh, assistance month, which I know that a lot of that stuff is not in continuity. Yeah, no, this one is uh, continuity. Okay. But yeah, man, what a great cover. Yep. Uh, yes. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Devin, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Fred Ofet, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, and you can visit our website and message us at Multiversal Q. Just look for it online. Uh, that's all that we have for this week. See you next week for hulking out with General Ross. <laughs>